T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We are now joined by one of the original voices of this great radio station. You hear him call Met Games. He's the sound of spring now. For a generation of Met fans, and of course, is the great Howie Rose. Howie, Tiki, Evan, how you been? I'm fine, guys. How are you? We're good. Obviously, today's a sad day, uh, the loss of Buddy Harrelson. For those who are younger, for even those that are my age, because I remember growing up with Buddy as a manager, and obviously yeah. Buddy with the Long Island Ducks, and Buddy always being around and being the nicest guy. Or but, like me, Ev, I grew up in Virginia, or so like Tiki. I'm not familiar. Can you tell Tiki and a lot of our audience kind of, who Bud Harrelson was? He was exactly as he portrayed himself and what you saw when he was with the Ducks or at any other appearance that he made. He was he was every man in the sense that, you know, he wasn't built like a behemoth as so many athletes are nowadays. Despite that, he was as tough as they came. And I think that probably the best example I could give of what Buddy meant to the team, and it might not be the most glamorous example because it seems today everybody wants to talk about the fight with Pete Rose but never mind that in 1973 when one by one key Mets players went down with injury to the point where they were in last place right about the end of August well right around that time Buddy came back from a long-term injury I believe he had broken his sternum and when he came back you could see that entire infield coalesce he and Felix Mion were arguably the best double play combination the Mets ever had, with a possible exception, really, of Edgardo Alfonso and Ray Ordonez, in my opinion. But what Buddy meant to that team, apart from just the 69 champions, was what, you know, any other um, catalytic force would mean to any other sports team you know you could just you it, it's not about a given at bat or mm. even a given play in the field it's just this aura about his presence on the field which made everybody better yeah no that's a, it's a it's a sad moment i think for met fans and for, that's what they also know and you grow he was your favorite player when you were growing up well, why, one of them. why why was he one of your favorite players simply because he well, seemed like an overachiever he was one of a handful of favorite players that had tiki on that team and a lot of it had to do with the fact that I felt like we grew up together. Yeah, you know, yeah, I was yeah. eight, I was eight years old when the Mets were born in 1962, and Buddy was ten years older than me. And I think there are a lot of us in my age range, among my contemporaries, who, because Buddy got so close to the fan base, you almost looked at him as a big brother. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I've I've been saying this all day, whether on social media or other interviews I've done, that. If you were a Bud Harrelson fan in the New York area and you never met him, 
you just weren't trying very hard <laughs> because he was so available. And I mean that in, in every sense of the word, not just that if you went to the ballpark, you'd see him, but uh, he seemingly never said no to a request by any charitable organization. He was so great with kids. I've seen so many testimonials of that on social media today. And I just smile and read them all because that was Buddy. And so for however many of us had a personal relationship with him, I think we could all feel as though we really knew him because he was one of us. Watching him as a kid, interviewing him on Mets Extra, getting to know him. Talk about your relationship and getting to know Bud Harrelson. Oh, we were just friends, you know, as you would be with anybody else who you develop a certain rapport with. And I remember back in, what was it, 1988, when I played in Mets Fantasy Camp. Um, Buddy, in fact, was one of the owners of that camp, as I recall, at that time. In those days, they called it Dream Week. And (laughs) we were going to have uh, that particular week down in Tampa. You know why? It was because that was the year that the Mets opened their new complex in Port St. Lucie. And since Fantasy Camp or Dream Week was in uh, earlier mid-February, just before spring training starts, they didn't want us to be the first slugs to use that complex. (laughs) So they moved, seriously, so they moved the entire operation to Tampa, where the Cincinnati Reds used to train. Anyway, when, you know, Buddy found out that I was going to play uh, as one of the participants during the day and then do my radio show at night from the lobby of the hotel, uh, he said to me, hey, let's meet at, at the Shea Stadium one morning. We'll go into the batting cage and I'll throw BP to you just because you're probably pretty rusty, which was an understatement to be sure. But, but I mean, that was Buddy. You know, come on. He gave up his time so I would enjoy that week more before it even got started. That was Buddy. <laughs> It's it's so cool that he spends the majority of his career with the Mets. He coaches on a championship team. He gets to manage the team. I mean, he really completed mm-hmm. the triple threat of being able to do everything with an organization, which is so cool. Well, for one thing, he revered, as so many of his teammates did, Gil Hodges. Mm. So much so that when Buddy went to Philadelphia – which I believe was in the 1978 season. Yeah. Uh, he took Gil's number 14. Oh, wow. And, and the irony of it all is that I'm not sure if Buddy played more than that one year in Philadelphia, but the guy who wore number 14 for the Phillies the following year, yeah. Pete Rose. Yeah, I was <laughs> say. You know, so they were connected again in a somewhat, you know, more – Thurier uh, way, I suppose, but it was still uh, a connection that many people have referred back to today, uh, and they became good friends too. Because how could you not be Buddy Harrelson's friend? No doubt, we're talking to the great Howie Rose, one of the originals at this station. Um, I've I've gone on YouTube. I've gotten stuck in the YouTube paradox, like a lot of us have. And That's I hear, yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. And I, for some reason, I like hearing clips of Joe from Saddle River. That's Joe Beningo. <laughs> Calling Howie Rose to tell about all the moves the Mets need to make. They got to get this guy. They got to get that guy. Is there any day you wake up and say, boy, I miss that. Mm. I should do shows on WF fans. I could hear Mets fans complain and demand which player they want on their team. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. My favorite day of the week to work was a Monday during the football season. Oh, yes. And the reason for that is that one of my first callers would be Joe from Saddle River. Mm. 
And I don't know if either of you are going to get this comparison, but I apologize just for being old. <laughs> but, but Joe from Saddle River, a.k.a. Joe Beningo, was, to my radio show, what Inagata DeVita was to a disc jockey. Inagata DeVita, and obviously you, you never heard it. No, I have no idea. We're, we're lost. <laughs> a, a song. It was a song by the less than legendary group Iron Butterfly, which came out in the 1960s. It ran for probably about 13 minutes. And so right. when Beningo would call me to opine about the Jets game of the day before, I knew, just as any disc jockey did when they played Inagata DeVita, that I had about 13 minutes to go to the bathroom, oh, nice. paper, go roam around the station, and, and come back and know that Joe would not have missed the punctuation mark. Right. Well, we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know how so, uh, here, here's something very it? coincidental. We do the same thing to Joe on Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> After the Jets games. Hey, Joe, yeah. come on. Just leave the building and come back, and he wouldn't have missed a beat. Well, one day Tiki did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that. Right. <laughs> I know what's going on, even though I'm down here in Florida. Uh, how do you like living down there in Florida? Oh, I love it. I, mean, I just love it. I'm not a winter guy. You know, people... Yep. Ask me, why'd you give up hockey? I didn't really give up hockey as much as I gave up winter. Yeah. Um, I mean, who knows? If they if they play hockey during the summer, maybe I'd still be doing hockey. Who knows? I, but um, I, I, unfortunately, Florida is not very Floridian lately. We've had a brutal winter with weather. I yeah. won't bore you with the details, but it's, yeah, it's my not what... Yeah, Howie, my brother said the same thing. He said it's a, it's cold as it's ever been down there. Yeah, too so, bad. I know. Too, too bad. bad. I want my money back. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I, I do have one current Met question for you. Right now, I have a big beard on my face, and I'm doing that out of loyalty to Pete Alonso. I want Pete Alonso. Is that what I saw today? Wait a minute. Is that yes. picture actually of you No, today? no, no. That's what, that's what he's going to become no. if, he, if it oh. goes for another three or so months. Yes, I, I tweeted out a picture of a wrestler by the name of Sammy Zane, who's got red hair that's oh. long and a beard. I'm not well, there Well, it looked like Justin Turner. I thought there was a message there. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I, I may eventually look like that because I want Pete Alonso to be on this team forever because we don't have a lot of this, like in the history of the franchise. We don't mm-hmm. have a long list of guys who are just career nuts. And I, I, I understand as disappointed I was about the Grom. I get why it didn't work out. Obviously, the Mets turned out to make the right decision. As you sit here today, as a guy that has seen it all from the beginning— how important is it to you that Pete Alonso is a career Met? And do you think it's going to happen? Well, you have to separate pragmatism from emotion. And I think 
I can best explain how this will unfold by creating the scenario that every team goes through when they get into a situation such as where the Mets are going to be with Alonzo. And that is going to play this year at age 29. And assuming he either doesn't sign an extension during the season or doesn't get traded. Um, and even if he does, you know, still his following season, the first year of a potential new, very expensive, presumably long-term, presumably contract is going to be his age 30 season. So why does that matter? Because now what teams have the ability to do is draw from a various group of biomechanical data and metrics and analytics that can best inform an organization what this player is going to look like in year two of a deal, Mm -hmm. in year four of a deal, in year six of a deal. So what do they take into consideration? Well, they take into consideration his body type, his injury history, uh, how he hits a certain level of pitching um, at a much more sophisticated um, level than I can even understand it, never mind explain it. But they've got all this information now that they can draw from. And I think that's what's going to go into this. They're going to have to create a, 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 a metric that tells them this is what we think he's going to be worth to the point that it doesn't become an albatross Mm. at some point. Now, most of these contracts, quite frankly, do. Um, Max Scherzer's did not to the Washington Nationals. Even Carlos Beltran, the best free agent the Mets ever signed. Why? Because he was about 27 years old when they signed him. But he broke down along the way. And I don't think there was anything they could have seen analytically then that would have even suggested that. It was just a series of things that happened. And so you have to project that some of that is going to take place with virtually anyone. And what no team wants to do is get caught in a situation, say, that the Angels did when they signed Albert Pujols to that long-term deal and essentially wound up um, subsidizing the declining years of Pujols' career, which they were paying as a reward for what he did with another team, the St. Louis Cardinals. So I think that, you know, again, separating emotion here, that's going to be a big part of this scenario. You know what's weird, and I know that David Stearns probably wouldn't agree with what I'm about to say, and I'm curious if you would. The David Wright contract didn't work. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. David had a back issue, and mm-hmm. he he never got to fulfill that contract. Yet, as a fan, I look back at that and say, I'm glad they signed him. Because the idea of him going somewhere else and wearing another jersey, even if it was only for a couple of years, would have just been... Horrible. So even though that didn't work, and obviously you want to hand out smart contracts, I would prefer to take the risk just knowing that my guy, a generation ago, David Wright, two Mm -hmm. generations ago, would have been Daryl Strawberry, that that guy will never wear another uniform. And to me, there's a big value in that. I'm not sure the front office would see that at all. But the front office can't allow them to see it simply like that. It's a consideration. And it may not only be a serious consideration, it may be the consideration that ultimately wins the day. I can't speak to what they're going to do, right. but that's going to be a dilemma because, you know, look, Steve Cohen did not get to where he is by making rash, emotional decisions that were bereft of any financial sense. Now, maybe you look back and say, um, you know, some baseball contracts fall into that category. They make no sense. But you wanted to keep this player because he was a fan favorite. And if you've got the financial wherewithal to do it, then you do it. And that may well be how this shakes out. I can't put a percentage value on whether they're going to re-sign Pete or not because 
I'm not the one who's in the room when they have to make those decisions. And what I just described in terms of the factors that go into those decisions being made probably just scratch the surface. There's so much that goes into it that I'm not even aware of in all likelihood. Yeah. Well, Howie, so, you know, here, here's the thing that I that I, I worry about. Like we saw this with Aaron Judge on the other side of town where it maybe got a little contentious. We didn't hear much about it, but it did until it became sentimental, right? They reached out. They said, look, we really want you here. They got the final offer. Judge is here. It's a long-term contract. As you mentioned about the breakdown metrics, he gets hurt the next year, right? So we know that the value is not fully going to be realized because he didn't play a lot of last season. But with but that Pete, was a freak injury. It was, yeah, was, it was a freak injury. But he did have an injury history, right? And I, look, I'm right. on, I'm on right. Judge's You're side. Right. Every, every one right. of his injuries, I'll tell you, was freak, right? Diving for a ball, misdiagnosed, all those other things that come into mm-hmm. it. But with Pete, like, you're already starting to hear he's so aggrieved by this that he'd rather play somewhere else. And you never heard that with Judge. So I wonder how contentious this gets. Well, I wonder how credible those, quote, sources even are. Right. I mean, who's saying that? You right. know, we saw what happened last year when uh, one of your brethren suggested that Pete was – a divisive influence or even a cancer within the clubhouse. And that was just so wrong and so far removed from reality. It doesn't even really merit any further discussion. But, you know, we all have to kind of take that element of, of noise, which is all it really is, yeah. and just put it on a shelf. Because uh, at the end of the day, it may very well be that a certain level of emotion will tip the scales in favor of, the Mets making the kind of offer that Pete finds acceptable, but in no way do I believe right now. I don't know Pete well. I mean, I know him yeah. probably as well as you know any team broadcaster would. I, I I think I know him well enough to believe that in his heart he really wants to stay here, and I I don't believe that his mind is already elsewhere because well, they haven't necessarily reached out. I don't know if they've reached out or not. Maybe they haven't well, at all. But but I, I still firmly believe that in his perfect world, he remains a Met. Well, That's my opinion. I, I agree with you, and my wife hopes so, too, because she's getting sick of the beard, and she wants it cut. <laughs> Howie, I appreciate I appreciate you coming on. We love talking to you. Thank you very much. And opening day is just around the corner. Yeah, right. Appreciate you, Howie. My pleasure, guys. Don't rush it. I'm still waiting for the weather to warm up. <laughs> I got you. The great Howie Rose, one of the original voices at WFN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.